and the sun can play a part in controlling seasons. And he said, as, as, as long, as, as, long as, uh, as long as the earth leaves, there, there shall be seed time and there shall be harvest time. That's what the Bible says. Are you with me? So seasons were God's ideas. They are not man's invention. It tells me something. That when God wants to deal with us on earth, he deals with us in terms of seasons. Hello. Because God's world should be more complex than ours. Because he's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, he's beyond time, space does not affect him. He has been, he will always be, he will forever. You know, his, his world is just very hard for you and me to comprehend. So he decided for us to understand his goodness and what he wants to do, he decided it is better to deal with these people in terms of seasons. Seasons are to help you and me receive his goodness. Amen? Yeah. Long before science discovered that you need a little bit of sunshine to make uh, vitamin D and all that stuff, God already designed it that there must be seasons where you receive the sun. A bit more. Hello? And there are seasons when you need the rain. I don't know for those people who think God does not exist. How, how they think the earth can manage to keep enough water on the planet since it has been just by itself. This is a clever work of good management. God decided he created systems of how to keep enough water in place, how to keep enough sunshine in all the different places of the globe. Hello? Seasons. But perhaps the biggest reason we should understand why God gave us seasons is because without seasons, we cannot be productive. Amen? Seize the moment. Seize the season. If you don't know what the season is, you cannot be productive as a person. Let me give you this story. You know, it's not a story. It's my life. You see, at one point, at one point in my life, it's a long story, but at one point, I ended up, I was living in, 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 in a village in Malawi. I lived there for seven months. I've told you this story. Seven months on the stretch. And then two years, on and off, on and off, on and off. Now, that, by that time, there's no running water, there is no power. It is a typical remote village. Very dark at night. This, the sky is beautiful though, right? But very dark at night. But it was the first time I had been transplanted from electricity, running water, Hot showers, hot baths. You know what I mean? Into such a world. The first time I ever was to live in such a place. And I didn't even have a due date as when, I, when I'm going to get out of there. It's the first time. I learned, you know, for the first few days, you're there, you're like, yeah, you're, you, everything is fascinating, right? You act like a tourist. <laughs> everything is fascinating for the first few days. Like, wow, this is 
two weeks later, it's not fascinating anymore. <laughs> it's not fascinating anymore. The water is not that clean. It doesn't taste as the water you're used to drinking. It's not fascinating anymore. Even the milk doesn't taste the way the milk you think tastes. It's not fascinating anymore. If you discover three months later that I'm going to be here, and I don't know when I'm going to leave, it ceases to be fascinating. And I remember six months in, we had such a tough time those, that year, I lived with my mother, and we had such a tough time. If I had time, I would tell you the whole story, but I won't go there, I don't have time. We had such a tough time, and it dawned on me, for us to eat, we're going to have to till the ground. If we do not go to the ground, we had land quite enough, we had more land than we could handle. But for us to eat, we're going to have to till the ground. Then I looked around, it was only me, my mom who was now 70, my young brother who had Down syndrome quite severe, so he was very underdeveloped. So basically it was only me who should get out and start working the ground. And when that dawned on me, I prayed, I cried, I enjoyed it. I woke up at three every morning for a long stretch to just, I tilt the ground with my bare hands every day. And God sent me some help eventually. Are you with me? But I remember for the first time living like that, I understood how much we depend on seasons. I live, my, my father's village is a dry place. If there's no rain, you've got no water. Very dry place. It's got lots of boreholes, but they're dry. There's no use having a borehole if it's dry. And I, how much we depended on seasons. I was, I was shocked. That seasons controlled anything we did. You see, you would, you, you know, when, you would, you would, you would be going to church, and then you look up in the sky, and there's this custom. The first rain we don't plant, we plant the second rain. It simply means when it rains at first, we don't plant. When it rains again, we go and plant our. So we till our fields before it rains. So you're listening to your radio, to the weather forecast and all that, and you're working your ground so that before it rains, you are ready. Because mm -hmm. if it begins to rain and you haven't finished preparing your ground, you missed the moment. There's no rewind. I know, we're spoiled with the rewind button. There's no rewind. You can't pause this like, this is not, you can't pause it. And so you work so hard, and then you are glad, you're finished, now you're waiting for the rain. And I just, I never understood this. I got in trouble with my mother, I'm going to finish this story. I got in trouble with my mom, because I went, uh, I found some friends eventually, and, and so I would go out, and we'll be playing with some friends, and she had told me, it's going to rain again this evening, we're going to go out to plant. I didn't take that so seriously. Because I didn't understand how that mattered that much. I think if we miss this rain, it rains again, tomorrow, maybe next week. Well, I'll get out there. We'll plant anyway. Ah, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand that when it rains and people are, these are rains for planting, everything stops. Do you know what? In my village, even church meetings stop. If these people want to go and plant and it rains, the pastor knows nobody's coming. They are all in the fields. 
So you know what normally pastors do in my village? Then they get out and they go join the people and help them in the fields and, and reach out to people and love the people. It happens almost every year in my village like that. Otherwise, you will see that church as a pastor, the people have gone in the fields with their families because it's rain and it's time to plant. Hello? What are they scared of? They're scared of missing the moment. If you miss your season, you, you might end up with a year without food when harvest comes. Now, you might not feel it during those few months when you miss your planting season. You're not feeling it. Until you hit later on in the year, around April, May, when others begin to harvest and you have run out of last year's supplies. Now you will feel what you missed. Hello? So you see, God deals with us in seasons, even, even naturally. Now, I might have used an example that is remote to some of you because you've never had to live on subsistence farming. But do you understand, even the financial systems of this world are operating on seasons. Hello? Oh, yeah. Try and invest in stocks. Invest in forex trading. Invest in all such things. You will understand that seasons make a massive difference to big investors. Hello? Seasons make a massive difference. There's a reason why the Chancellor has to do an autumn statement. Now, if you didn't understand farming, and then I'm talking about this, it's still going, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, I understood very well that for people who are in, 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 in which is the most biggest area of investment in, in, in stocks and all that, and they're investing in the stock exchange and all that, you know that's what keeps this economy going, right? And do you understand that? That's where the big money is. Do you, do you know that? Mm -hmm. So for people who do that, a season when news is going to be released affects prices big time. So they know what they begin to do with their investments. When they know this season, by next week Friday, there will be certain news. It affects the prices. Are you with me? Yeah. Big money is being run by seasons. You know, not your salary. Your salary is not being run by seasons. But uh, I'm here to wake you up. Amen? Uh, even you can run finances by season. Hello. There's a lot of things happening seasons. Amen? That's the way God deals with us on the earth. Why am I laboring that point? I want to go spiritual. Spiritually, our lives, our spiritual lives, God also runs them by seasons. So spiritually, it is important to know what season your life is in. Are you with me? Because if you don't know the season your life is in, you won't be productive. Hello? Right. Let's give you some scripture examples. First Chronicles chapter, uh, let's do First Chronicles chapter 12, 32. Hello? First Chronicles chapter 12, verse uh, 32. Let me just find it here. Chronicles. You got it? That's in the Old Testament. Chapter 12, verse 32. I want to show you. There are keys. There are spiritual seasons. In First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says, 
From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs with all their relatives under them. I'm just going to read that a little bit, but I'll explain what it is all about. <clears throat> so, God organized the children of Israel in tribes. Hello? We know that, right? And we are told of these men, okay? Now, this is, this is a rota for, um, they are talking about the warriors and gathering the troops for the nation of Israel. And he says, they had this tribe of men, okay? From other people, they would get 100,000, 30,000 people. But from this tribe of men, they only had 200 of them. Very little number. But here is the purpose. Their purpose was this, to understand the seasons and what Israel is supposed to do. How many know that does not, is not referring to natural seasons? These are people who understood the times. They could see and determine the seasons that God was releasing upon the nation. These are the people you would go to and say, oh, should we go up against our enemies, or is it not time yet? Hello? These are the people you should go up to and say, should I fight this battle or not? Because they understood the times and what Israel was supposed to do. God deals with us in seasons. I'm here to encourage you to what? Seize your moment. Luke chapter 19, 41, 44. Luke chapter 19, 41, 44. Luke 19, 41, 44. Are you with me or have I lost you? Uh -huh. Luke 19, 41, 44. It says, As he approached Jerusalem, this is Jesus, and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you even, you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground. You and the children within your walls, they will not leave one stone on another. Why? Because you did not recognize the time or season of God's coming to you. Are you with me? I said, number one, God gives us reasons, seasons so we may be productive. Two, if we do not determine or look at the seasons properly, we lose. Jesus is speaking to the children of, of, of Israel. He's just entered Jerusalem, the triumphal entry. He's just entered Jerusalem. Some are celebrating him, some are not. The Bible says he looked at the people and they had so much trouble. Their people were sick, their businesses were not working, their families were destroyed. It, they had so much trouble. And when he looked at the people, he felt compassion for them. And he wept. After he had wept over them, he began to lament. And he says, if only you guys understood the times. But now, you've missed your moment. Your enemies are going to come. They will destroy you. This temple that you think is the best thing 
in your land. No stone will be left on it. It will be destroyed. Why? Because you did not discern the time of God's visitation. Somebody sees your moment. Are you with me? If you don't discern your, the season your life is in, not only are you, not, are you going to be unproductive, but two, the enemy will load it over you. The devil will come after you. And he will load it over you. Are you with me? That's not me. That's exactly what the Bible says. Oh. It's going to get good. Yeah? It's very risky not to know your seasons. There are spiritual seasons over your life. Right now, there are seasons happening. Amen? Now, how do you know your seasons? Exactly. Let's learn that. How do you know your seasons? Now, listen. On the earth, how do we know seasons for a country? Well, first of all, God determines seasons. He has determined a season for the entire planet. Okay? The entire planet, you know, and it's rotating and all that, and seasons are changing everywhere. And we talk about the climatic conditions. So before, you, this country cannot just come up with its own seasons. It belongs to a, a body of other nations that are on the same kind of, what you call them again, coordinates. Right? So we've got similar seasons with the people next door to us. Hello? So, number one, you're not going to decide your season just yourself. You wake up and you go, God, this is my season of... No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. No country decides its own season. So, first of all, it begins at a, big le a bigger level. There's, there's a season, depending on which hemisphere you are in. There's a, there's a certain set of conditions, whether you're in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere. Hello? And then after that, there will be different conditions depending on how far you are to the right or how far you are to the left. Right? Then after that, even in that place, there will be different set of conditions depending on where you are positioned. You're near the sea or you're... Are you with me? Then your seasons are determined. It's the same thing spiritually. Two things I'm going to teach you today and you're going to go home. The first thing I'm going to teach you is this. How to know your season. How do you know your season? How do you know your season? Seasons are revealed by the body to which you belong. The body of Christ is massive. It's big. There's many Christians and God determines his seasons looking not only on you, but he's looking at everyone else. Are you with me? But your way to look, to, to, to know the season is to belong to a church. You're too quiet on me. When you belong to a church, you are part of the body of Christ. And when the, so my job as a leader now is to find out what God is saying to the entire church and then bring it to my church. Your job is to belong to a church so that 
when the church begins to cast the season, now your job is to take the season and take it to your house. And apply the season to those that are doing education. Apply the season to those that are doing business. Apply this. Are you with me? But you do not decide the season by yourself. Seasons are determined by God. So when you are part of the body of Christ, your season, your season is determined by God, but really through the body of Christ. Hello? And practically through your church. Hello? But from church to church, tiny details might begin to differ. But broadly, it will not differ. Trust me. Hello? So number one is, as being part of a church and understand the seasons your church is going through. How do you do that? Simple. This is where leadership becomes awesome. If you've got good leaders. As your leaders determine the direction the church should take, they're just releasing a season. Hello? Unless your leaders are not appointed by Christ. So number one, just general church direction. As the church begins to say, oh, we're going to go out and start winning souls. We're going to go out and we're going to start prayer evangelism. We are releasing a season. Hello? And sometimes it's declarations. Like, God is going to do this for you this season. Now, we've seen sometimes, I've made a declaration. Okay, this year, this month, God is going to release something in your life that's new. And some people go and, and, and all of a sudden, from the beginning of the month, they didn't know they're going to buy a car. But by the end of the month, because of what God said, they have bought something. They, bought, they find themselves in a car. Are you with me? Oh, you've seen that happen. Hello? What am I doing? I am just declaring a season. Now, it's up to you. Huh? It's up to you now to take the season and go apply it to yourself. Hello. <laughs> when people don't understand that, they think uh, that's when they begin to think church is, 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 doesn't work because they think church is just a club, it's just something you, you be part of. No, it is very real. This, this, this is how Jesus changes our lives. He puts us together and he calls us his body and then he begins to release seasons to us. Amen? And when we plunge into the seasons, we begin to receive. Are you with me? When we plunge into the season, we begin to receive according to that season. So this is how you're going to know your season. Hello? I'll say the second thing. My time is gone. The second thing. After you know your season, according to the declarations you see, the next thing is you need to cooperate with the season. So know your season. Cooperate with your season. You see, I'll give a few more examples so we understand. Knowing your season. Like right now in this church, we're declaring prayer evangelism. We're going to go out there. We're going to do stuff. It is a season for salvation. If you knew it, you would start applying it to your family. 
If you knew it, you start applying it to your children. Are you with me? If you knew it, you start applying it to the things around you. There is a lot of deliverance that's going to take place. Hello. You take the season with you. And you say, uh-uh, how does this now affect me at home? How does this season affect the atmosphere in my house? Huh? I, I hope you're getting me. This, this word is very important. Because many people are missing their moment. I'm not talking about people out there. I'm talking about you in here. We are declaring seasons. And you're missing them because you're not seizing the moment. You're not taking the season home. You're still doing the old-fashioned thing of attending church. I went to church today. That's old-fashioned. You come and meet with God and take something home with you. Yeah. It's no longer time to just say, I went to church. Uh, next Sunday I'll be going to church again. That's just religion. This is about relationship. I went to church. What is God saying? God is saying over my life, you take it home, okay? If I, we declare a season here, and we say this season, God will, will increase people. Okay, I'm just giving you as an example, but you can have it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God will increase people. You go home and you say, this is what God is saying over my house. There's going to be some increase. If we make a declaration that this season God is going to move in healing and there will be healings in families, in, in marriages and all that, you go home and you say, oh, this is what God is saying over my house. There will be healing in this house this season. Are you with me? Yeah. You take the season home. Take it to your money. Take it to your children. Take it to everything. Your animals, everything. You know? You know, we have two chickens at our house. Can you see your and they give us some eggs. But you know the months that they give us the most eggs? <laughs> when we declare a certain season, even the chickens respond. Are, are you with me? <laughs> so me, I observe little things like that. I begin to say, hey, these chickens. You see, all this time, you, you ask me and you say, how are they doing? And I say, they just give me us one egg, one egg, one egg. But when we declare a season here that God is going to cause production in our lives this month, I go home and the chickens are doing double-yoked eggs and they're doing two, two, two. And in a week, we, I'm like, oh, we went away for, and we came back and we found lots of... <laughs> Even chickens know the season yeah. coming from the mouth of God. Because it is God who determines season. Yeah. Not your bank manager. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not your boss. Yeah. Yeah. They, no, no, no. Don't make your boss God. Yeah. Your boss didn't, shouldn't determine seasons. But do you understand? That's right. Hallelujah. I don't care. If, it is a, if God has declared this is your season for increase, your boss can cut your wages all he likes. But it's never going to change. Yeah. You don't then say, oh, no. Yeah. No, you say, no, no, this is a season of increase. I don't know which devil got into my boss, but for me, this is the season of increase. Amen. And you're going to increase. Are you with me? Yes. Ah. Now, let me show you this. You need to cooperate with the season. To, so, 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 know the season, work with the season. I gave you my story, and I'm going to end there. My story of how we used to work with the season. 
gonna rain? Are these the planting rains? Yes. Well then stop folding your arms. Get up, get some seed, get in the field. You work with the season. Hello? You know you don't receive a text telling you I'm 100% sure it's gonna rain. You don't receive a text telling you oh now I'm 100% sure you should plant. There's something I'm telling you. There's an element of risk. It's called faith. Hello? Once you know the season, you go home and do some faith. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He said, those who look in the skies do not plant. Hello? And it always takes faith. I, you know, I remember who would be planting. You know, we had no equipment. We would plant like this. Dish. Dish. We're doing holes like a dish. But if you're a novice, you don't know. You're doing it. And you're looking at you. I'm looking at my mother and saying, are you sure it's going to rain? This is our last maize we are putting in the ground. We might as well eat it. Are you sure this is worth it? There is an element of faith. Are you with me? If you're going to apply the season, you're going to have some faith. Things change because you had faith. You see, if I didn't have any faith, if my mother didn't have any faith, and we say, oh yeah, it's the season for planting. You know what we would do? But ah, we'll keep our seed until we are sure. And you know, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and it rains, and we didn't plant, and it rains, and we didn't plant. And it always takes some faith. Hello? Most of us, the only faith we understand is the fact that we work and get paid at the end of the month. And we don't even know that's still faith. What if your company gets burst halfway through? They won't pay you. But you have some faith you're going to get paid, right? Because somehow you know it works. It always works. <laughs> One day it won't work. Not for you. Okay. <laughs> Not for you. Don't get scared. Are you with me? It is about working with the season. Zechariah 10, verse 1. It says, it says, uh, come on, somebody open Zechariah 10, verse 1. If you can find it, just open it. Now I want to find it. It, it says, uh, this is how to work with the season. And then I'm going to tell you what I'm going to declare over your life. So you can go and practice this in the next couple of weeks and see what God is going to do. Hallelujah. Zechariah 10, this one. Let me just, let me borrow that one. Zechariah 10, verse 1. The Bible says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. <laughs> I don't know whether you heard that. Did you hear that? It says, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. Hold on a second. I thought it's already time for rain. Why do we need to ask God? Did you see that? It says, ask the Lord for rain in the season of the latter rain. And then what is he going to do? The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain. Grass in the field for everyone. Aren't you surprised? The prophet wrote, ask the Lord for rain 
in the rain season. Awesome. Because most of the time what we're doing is we're like, oh, it's the rain season. You have to cooperate with the season. I'm going to be declaring a season over your lives. But I want you to understand this. You need to ask the Lord for rain in the time of rain. When the season, when, when, when God declares a season over your life, you know, when God says, hey, we're gonna make, I'm going to make you great, then you begin to ask the Lord to make you great. I don't know whether you understand. So, so you begin to pray for the rain in the time of the rain. You cooperate with the season. Are you with me? When we declare seasons over your life, I'm going to prepare you very well because you need to seize the moment. There are moments being released from here that you are not seizing on. Now, I've seen a few people clutch on them and God does something and they go, wow. Yeah, it works just like that. It's called grace. Just like that. I guarantee you this. If you begin to key in as you come to church and begin to key in in the seasons and going and, and understand seasons as we speak to you, as we move. You see, before we make any program, we are praying, we are trusting God, we are hearing God, and we say, okay, we need to move the Tuesday meeting out of here and take it on the street and begin to pray on the street. We, we have prayed and believe that's what God has spoken over our lives. And so when we come here and we begin to announce, instead of hearing the announcement, get the season. You get the season. You go, oh, it's a season for this. It means, if and if you are not in the Tuesday prayer walk, you can do your own prayer walk. Since when did your neighbor stop you from getting out of your house and praying on your neighborhood? Yeah? Since when? Because it's free. You get out of your house and you go, okay, now I'm going to then, because it's a season for this, I'm going to bless my neighbors. Uh, what about the one that you fought with? Especially that one. Especially that one. You're going to go past around their house and just mention them under your breath. God, I pray for this neighbor of mine. I, I pray for them. I love them and I pray, let your love be known in their lives. Are you with me? Praying for people. As we pray in the streets. You are changing some atmosphere spiritually. Are you with me? Because you and me, when we begin to declare the season, then the earth begins to respond. Mm. So when you sit down and watch your TV and they're saying, oh, there's a tornado happening, there's a hurricane, another one coming in America, another one coming this side in Japan, think about the spiritual one. Think about, let us create another one here. Because if God has said this is the season, if many of us begin to, we will create a strong spiritual tornado in here. Huh? So it's a season. It's not an activity. Let's stand up. Hallelujah. Now I've spoken enough, I've spoken enough, I've spoken enough. I've spoken enough, right? And I'll finish there, okay? Two things you've learned from me, or three maybe. There is a season spiritually over your life. There is a season. There's always a season. And when you know the season and you begin to cooperate with the season, you will have results. 
Those that do not understand seasons are unproductive and they get routed by the enemy. Because in the season of their visitation, they did not descend. And everything Jesus prophesied happened. The temple was erased. The enemies took them over. They were set in captivity. They're still fighting to this day because they did not descend the season of God's visitation. Not you. I'm going to know my season. Come on. I'm going to know my season. My time I would prophesy on all of you, but this is not a service for that. I won't do that. I would prophesy over all of you, each and every one of you, so that I give you an example of what your seasons are looking like. But I will just declare something over you. There's a story in the Bible, Luke chapter 22, and Jesus wanted to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. Luke chapter 22. He wanted to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. Just five more minutes and we'll finish. Verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and joined, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. They had a question. They said, Where do you want us to prepare it? He replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. Did Jesus know that there was a man that was going to be passing with a picture? Was this a coincidence? Or did Jesus actually declare something and make it happen? Until you answer that, you won't believe in the seasons that I'm going to speak over your life. Did he just know all of a sudden there's going to be a man with water? Or was it a coincidence? Or did he just create that situation? I'll help you answer that. At some point, they approached Jesus. They said, you haven't paid your taxes. Are you with me? You haven't paid your taxes. You owe money. And Jesus said to Peter, go to the sea or lake, 
cut, throw the line in, the first fish you catch, open its mouth, there'll be money in there enough to pay your taxes and my taxes. Is that a coincidence? Did Jesus know there was a fish that had swallowed some money? Or did he just make that happen? Until you answer that question, you will understand what our seasons were. Are you with me? Did he just make that happen? Did he make money travel into a fish? Peter was fishing and he caught nothing all night. When Jesus showed up, Peter said, we've caught nothing. Jesus said, okay, to the right side. Throw your nets to the right side. When they threw their nets to the right side, they caught a multitude of fish. Right? Did Jesus know where the fish were and these trained, skilled fishermen didn't know all night? They didn't know the fish was just on their right? Is it a coincidence or did he just make it happen? It's something I'm trying to show you. How God determines seasons. There's a way God determines seasons. Now, Brian, I know my time is up, but let me do this. There is a way God determines seasons. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> there is a way God determines seasons. I want you to write down a scripture. This one you take with you because it will keep you encouraged for seasons. There is a way God determines what? Seasons. Seasons. The truth I'm going to show you today, you'll be amazed. Isaiah 44. <laughs> I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. Isaiah 44, verse 26. Then you'll see how God determines season. He says, this is God speaking. He says, but I carry out the predictions of my prophets. By them I say to Jerusalem, people will live here again, and to the towns of Judah, and you will be rebelled, and I will restore your ruins. Wow. wow. I think some of you still didn't get that. Wow. If you understand that scripture very well, <laughs> God says, but I do carry out the predictions of my servants, yeah. or of my prophets. Mm-hmm. Did Jesus make the fish swallow some money or was it a coincidence you see when God sends somebody he gives them power in their mouth when Jesus was saying to Peter from that scripture then you have to understand it this way when Jesus was saying to Peter you will find a fish he was making that happen right there you will find a fish in the mouth of that fish, you will find the corn. He made that happen. And all it needed was Peter to believe what Jesus said and go and catch a fish. Ah, if you understand that, seasons will be simple. God has given us power to declare seasons over your life. That's why he calls us. We don't call ourselves. Huh? So 
the disciples, go. They said to him, where are we going to prepare the Passover? I'm finishing, I'm finishing. Where are we going to prepare the Passover? They said to him, where, where? And he began to create a situation. He said, you will go in the city and you will meet a man. And all of a sudden, a man somewhere was spoken to by the Holy Ghost. Get up, it's time to get your picture. Jesus is still speaking to the disciples. He says, uh, and when that man, when you meet him, follow him. And this man was told, you know, when you take your water, please straight home. Straight home. Straight home. Are you seeing what's happening? When you arrive at that house, you ask the master, and the master prepared the room. He didn't know why he was preparing it. But he prepared the room. <laughs> so, <laughs> he made it happen. I want you to begin to trust God. It is time for God to send you help. Amen. Amen. The first thing I'm going to declare is there's some people in here you've been struggling with some things for a long time. You've been struggling for a breakthrough. There's any area of your life you've been struggling for a breakthrough. Maybe financially, maybe health. Okay, two areas. Come on, pop your hands up if that's you. Health, financially, you've been struggling for a breakthrough. God is about to send help. Come on, pop your hands up confidently. If okay? But God is about to send help. Are you with me? Any area of your life that needs help. Okay, I've seen those hands. God is about to send help your way. Put your ego or ego, whatever you call it, down. God is going to send help. Hello? Hello? I'm, I'm declaring over you a season where you will be helped. Ish, ish, ish. This is your season to be helped. If your finances have been struggling, this is a season where you will be helped. Are you with me? Somebody is going to come and open the door for you. Somebody is in this season. Somebody is going to come and make the difficult thing easier. Amen. Just like Jesus said to the disciples, Hey, you guys, when you enter the city, you will see a man. Follow him. Amen. It's going to happen to you. Amen. Hello? It's going to happen to you. This is a season for your help. You will get your help. You will get your help. People will go out of their way to open a door for you. Amen. Some of you, all you need is somebody with enough favor. That's all. You've struggled for too long. All you need is somebody with enough favor to just love you. Hmm? Somebody with enough grace to just love you. This is the season I'm releasing over your life. I want you to go home and begin to declare, this season I will not struggle. Amen. I will not struggle. The Lord is my helper. Amen. I will not struggle. He will send me help. Amen. He will send his angels. He will send me help. I will not struggle. This season, the Lord is my help helper. Amen. Listen to me, students. Even you will get your help. Amen. God will send you some lecturer that just loves you. <laughs> And they will open doors for you. Are you with me? They will help you. They will... There are scholarships hiding right there on the computers of lectures. There are loads of scholarships on there. And they will open doors. Yeah, 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 yeah. This season, you're going to see opportunity. Yeah. Your man of favor is coming. 
Your woman of favor is coming. Are you with me? Your woman of favor is coming. Your man of favor is coming. There will be enough helpers for you and your children and your family. And, and when I use the word help, some of you don't get it. You think I'm talking about people just coming to help you clean your house. I'm talking about helping your life to open up. To give you more opportunities. Sometimes if God doesn't send you help, it doesn't matter how many services are there. You can go to a GP, the GP can still miss what you're struggling with. If God doesn't send you help, <laughs> if God doesn't send you help, you can go to a lawyer and the lawyer can still not sort it out. But God is going to send you help. Let me pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. And I give you glory. Thank you for your goodness to our lives. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the seasons that you're declaring over our lives. This is the season of the Lord my help. And there is help coming, Almighty Father. Help to usher us into, Almighty Father, the next levels of our lives. We want to receive the help. Yes. Help to open businesses where we have struggled to open businesses. Help to further education where we have struggled to find God that helps. Help to opportunities regarding my health, regarding our finances. Help, help regarding home situations. Help regarding property in the name of Jesus. That there's going to be help. You're going to be helped to buy houses. Yes. Yes. Oh God, there's going to be so much help. You're not going to struggle for help. Listen, there's going to be so much help. This season you will see the hand of the Lord in releasing help as your way. When you see a challenge come through your door, through your post, you begin to anticipate helpers also coming through to your door. In the name of Jesus. I release helpers across your way. I release helpers into your house. I release helpers into your businesses. I release helpers into your career. I release helpers into your family in the name of Jesus. People who can solve the problem that has been there all this time. I release them into your life in the name of Jesus. That the problem that has been there for years will vanish within a week because God is sending adequate help in the mighty name of Jesus. May he who helps Israel help you to the glory of his name. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll give God a cup of praise. Now you're clapping like you don't believe what I just told you.